Hello, dear friends. If you recognize that theme song, you know what time it is. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. Before we begin uh, the scriptures today and the theme for this broadcast today from the Word of God, I want to thank you for being part of the listening family uh, right there in Madison and North Florida, uh, right there in South Georgia. You that hear WMAF driving down the interstate as long as you can get this signal, I pray that you will stay tuned to this station today. We have an important message to bring to the body of Christ today. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we want you to be our very special guest. Don't change the dial. You've been listening up to this point of uh, good gospel music. Hallelujah. Amen. And we want you to hear the gospel that has inspired every one of these songs of faith and songs of hope and comfort today. Amen. There's such consolation in the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We bring you good news in a bad news world today that you can know Christ as your Savior. Every sin can be forgiven and you can have the promise of His help, His presence with you to take you through every trial, every test, every every circumstance of life. Amen. And give you the grace sufficient to come through it all and to live eternally with Him forever. Praise God. That's the good news today. So we're looking for a mighty move of the Holy Spirit uh, in these days that we are living. We need desperately a revival in our personal lives, in our churches, here in the United States of America, as well as all the nations of the world. But I believe particularly here in America, we need a mighty revival. We're a very churchy nation. There are more churches and bigger churches than we've ever seen in the history of this nation. But we have less influence and impact upon the culture and the society. It's like the salt has lost its savor. And friend of mine, I believe God wants to make us relevant to our generation. I know the Lord is stirring my heart like never before. I have often considered retirement, particularly from pastoring, because of the many years that I have spent pastoring. And and I have come to an age and stage of life when I've had to consider prayer whether to continue or not in this particular part of my calling. I'll never quit preaching the gospel as long as I have breath in my body, for I am called to preach the gospel. But I have preached uh, to Christians mainly, uh, many of whom down through the years uh, have not responded to God's call to revival. But I believe in our congregation right now, not only our our church here in Tampa, but in our listening congregation, there is a stirring of the heart. I believe the Holy Spirit is calling us to a deeper devotion. I believe He's calling us to a rekindling of the flame of the first love. I believe He's calling us to experience the revival that He so desperately wants to grant to us and send to us. So I'm going to be talking just a few moments about preparing our hearts for revival. 
preparing our hearts for revival. Just before I do, I would like to invite you to come to our website. If you would type in THCOG, it will take you to the Holy Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida, where I have been and still uh, continue to be uh, the senior pastor uh, for the last 42 years, working on our 43rd year, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International in good standing, hallelujah, since 1974. So we, we have been in the ministry for a long, long time, and I believe that the best is still yet to come. And that's why I haven't laid down this mantle of anointing uh, to just preach the gospel as an evangelist. There's still a pastoral heart and call in me for my city and for the church that God has allowed me to minister in all these many, many years. So I want to clarify to you today that what I'm bringing to you on the radio is something that God is doing within me. There's a fresh anointing in my life, and and I just thank God for the stirring that I feel deep in my soul today. I want to talk to you about this subject because I'm going to stand by my statement. God desperately Desperately, desperate in the sense that he wants to save all those that are lost. He wants to move mightily in our generation, in our world. He wants to reach out by his Holy Spirit to every person on this planet and call them to salvation. I believe the mighty last day harvest has begun, and many nations are experiencing a visitation of God uh, like we have never seen on a on a scale we have never known, and and the the reports are beginning to pour in. China is one of those nations. South America is one of those nations. The reports keep coming in. Africa is another one of these nations. And I believe that America is a candidate for a spiritual renewal and a spiritual revival. Yes, one of the most churchy nations in the world with a church on almost every corner. We are a candidate for a Holy Spirit-driven revival in our day and our generation. And I want to talk about preparing our hearts for that mighty, mighty revival that God desperately wants to send to us because He is desperate, desperately in love with this fallen world. And that's why He went to such an extent to save it. He gave His only begotten Son. Praise God. So, having said that, so that you know my heart today as I bring you this message, uh, if you're a Christian, please, please, 
Stay tuned. If you're not a Christian, please be our guest today. It's God's love that is driving this passion to preach this message and teach it today to all that will hear it and listen to it. Oh, the Holy Ghost is with me today. God is backing me up. I feel it deep within. Praise God. Amen. We want to read from Psalm 34 and verse 18. We're going to be talking about preparing our hearts for revival. Preparing our hearts for revival. And we're going to talk about that first element in the preparation of the heart. The blessing of brokenness. The blessing of brokenness. Psalm 34 and verse 18. It says, The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. I want to make a statement right here based on this statement and proclamation in the Word of God. True revival begins with God's response to a hard attitude that leads to acts of repentance and deeds of righteousness, but it all begins with God drawing near because of an attitude of the heart called contrition. I like what the Amplified New Testament says. It says the Lord is close to those that are of a broken heart and saves such that are crushed with sorrow for sin and are humbly and thoroughly penitent. Crushed with sorrow for sin and are humbly and thoroughly repentant. There's a term you won't hear today in many Christian circles and it's crushed with sorrow for sin, but it aptly describes contriteness, and God draws near to such hearts. God draws near to such hearts, and when God draws near, revival always occurs. You see, the Bible said we must prepare a heart for His visitation. In fact, the Old Covenant says, break up your fallow ground. It literally means your unplowed earth. Break up your fallow ground. Break up. Prepare the heart. Praise God. You can't plant any seed until you plow the ground. Break up your fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon us. And we're to seek Him until that occurs. Matthew Henry comments on verse 18 this way, They that are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit that is humbled for sin and emptied of self and are low in their own eyes and have no confidence in their own merit and sufficiency, but in God alone. When we come to that place of spiritual bankruptcy and we confess it before the Lord, then we, and we humble ourselves and call upon Him in true repentance. Ah, oh, God always responds by drawing near. See, that's what it means to draw near to God. He will draw near to us. It means when we humble ourselves and we become contrite before Him, and we confess our sin. You know, the Scripture said in 1 John, if we say, we as Christians, this is not really initially to the, the, the fallen world around us, but this is to people of the kingdom. 
This is to the church. This is to the believer, not the non-believer. This is to the Christian. If we say, if we say, we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. Listen, friend. There is a wonderful move of the Holy Spirit calling us to do a deep search within our hearts, not to condemn us, but to convict us. There's a difference. Condemnation comes when the enemy of our soul points his finger at us and and tells us that God doesn't love us. We're not worthy of his blessings. He cannot use us. We we have somehow failed too greatly uh, for God to consider us anymore. That's condemnation and is to drive us away from God and all the purposes and potential he has for us. Conviction is to draw us to the Lord, that He might draw near to us. The biblical word contrite is only found in four Bible passages, Psalm 34, 18, Psalm 51, 17, Isaiah 57, 15, and 66, 2. And yet the concept described by this word is the key to revival in our hearts and in our churches. When we preach of revival, we tend to point out the actions that God uses to bring revival, repentance, confession of sin, and prayer, Bible study, and commitment to the house of God. None of these things are wrong. In fact, they're all right. However, they all require something else. They require a change first in our hearts, known biblically as contrition. As the scriptures teach, God will revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah 57 and verse 15. It always begins in the heart. Let us read the portions of scripture that we have talked about. Psalm 51 and verse 17 says the sacrifices of God are a broken heart. A broken and contrite heart, O God. Thou will not despise. In the Amplified it says, My sacrifice, the sacrifice acceptable to God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, broken down with sorrow for sin, and humbly and thoroughly penitent. Such, O God, you will not despise. The great Psalm 51 is the prayer of repentance of King David after his great sin with Bathsheba. It is the cry of a contrite heart. God heard it. God drew near. And God restored David's soul. And God restored his kingdom. In Isaiah 57 and verse 15, it says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is Holy, I will dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, God draws near to forgive our sin when we have a heart of contrition, to lift the unbearable burden of guilt and shame to revive us. Jesus didn't just give us 
His life for us on the cross, He also gives His life to us. His resurrection life infused into us. Ephesians 2 and verse 1 says, And you hath He quickened, which means to make alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. This life was given to us when we became Christians. And this very life is brought forth in our life when revival occurs, when God sees a contrite heart and draws near to save and deliver, to restore, to protect and revive again. For for uh, contrition is demonstrated by true repentance, and true repentance brings forgiveness and restoration. The soul then of the redeemed rejoices. The tongue of the redeemed sings for joy. The enemy is defeated. Joy is restored to the camp. Peace to the heart and mind. Courage and strength instead of fear and guilt and trepidation. There's a renewed faith that reaches up to the Lord and God and declares, God is for me. Who can be against me? We pray with total confidence. We speak to mountains without doubt. We see the mountains move for a mighty God is with us. And it all begins with a contrite heart. It all begins with a contrite heart. Don't ever resist conviction. That's God's Spirit seeking to solicit contrition so He can lead us to repentance so that God can forgive us and set us free. I say it to my congregation all the time in our church, and I want to say it again and again to our listening congregation. There's nothing wrong with getting right with God. Because this message of repentance from sin is not just for the world about us. Although if you're not a Christian today and you choose to repent of your sin and receive Christ as your Savior, He's surely calling you. He surely will save your soul. He surely will pardon you and restore what the enemy and your own sin and folly has taken from you. Praise God. Amen. But he's also saying it to us who are saved today. Because if we say, if we dare to say, we have no sin, that means we're declaring that we are sinlessly perfect, that we never have seasons where we need to repent. Now, I know the Bible said to not let sin reign in your mortal body as a Christian and to not be domineered and dominated by the flesh or by our enemy, the devil. But we always need this contrition that comes through conviction. There are times when I fail to act as I should act and I should react and respond with contrition and repentance. There are times when I have attitudes that need to be corrected and I should go to God and and ask His forgiveness and help to do to make that adjustment. And in order to do that, I need contrition. I need that heart that is sensitive, that heart that is broken when I know that I am in the wrong or when I do wrong. And if I will keep and maintain and cultivate that attitude of contrition... God will be able 
to allow the blood of Jesus to be consistently applied to my life to cleanse the sin and to help me to overcome. I need reviving as much as anyone, as the leader in our church, as the pastor of that church. I need to demonstrate revival within me, not just call for it within the people. And I believe we as Christians today need to be revived, not just to call the world to repentance and to tell them that they need Christ to forgive them, but to admit that we need His forgiveness. Sins of omission and sins of commission, acts and attitudes that we know are wrong, and yet we have not dealt with as we should have. Oh, friend of mine, we need the 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 attitude that Psalm Psalm 51 was written with from David when he had sinned. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Then, and I want to emphasize an emphasis mine, and only then, but it's biblically correct. Then sinners will be converted unto thee. Then transgressors will learn thy ways. You see, revival is not just God convicting the world because we're interceding and suddenly people come in the church and come to Christ. Oh no, it begins in our heart. So the salt gets back its savor. And so that we become what God has commissioned us to be and called us to be. And that is the light of the world. God's luminaries in a sin-darkened world. I want to read this other scripture about contrition from Isaiah 66. It said, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? In other words, where can I come and feel at home? For all those things are mine, my hand hath made, and have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is of poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. Praise God, the Most High, friend, becomes the Most Nigh. He draws near when we bow down. He lifts us up. I've always loved this scripture in Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. He's saying, draw nigh to me, draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. Don't run from me, run to me. To be contrite is to be broken, crushed into little pieces, free from rebellion or resistance. In Scripture, a contrite heart or spirit is related to a broken heart or spirit. And I don't have time to read it right now, but in Psalm 34:18 you will find that principle. And in Psalm 51 and verse 17, And a humble spirit, Isaiah 57 and verse 15, if you want to write them down. 
Contrition is that humble spirit that says, I am nothing and he's everything. It's that inner brokenness that weeps over sin and sinners. It is the absence of personal pride and the absolute exaltation of God in His will. It is expressed by a poverty of spirit and a trembling at God's Word, as it is written in Isaiah 66 and verse 2. To be contrite is to be broken into little pieces, to be crushed into fine powder. It is in our pride and self-determination. We take a rigid form that refuses to be moved. We're like ceramic statues, hard and cold. As such, we do not easily fit into our container. We only stiffly abide in Christ and refuse to be conformed to Him. But when our pride is replaced by brokenness, we no longer hold on to our stubborn form, but are broken into pieces and transformed into the shape of our container. Jesus Christ, of such is the power of contrition. I want to state that what I just said, I read from someone who is anonymous, but he said it so very clearly that I agree with it so wholeheartedly. It is biblically true. Such is the blessing of brokenness. Someone has said that repentance begins with a despair of self. And then the confession of our sin, and then the forgiveness of sin, and then the restoration that God wants to bring, wants to grant, wants to give. This storming of heaven for a revival, as if God is reluctant, and God is aloof in His heaven, unconcerned about all of the lost and damned and dying in this fallen world, that somehow we must persuade the, the initiator of revival to turn it loose in our world instead of come before Him and say, we are the vessels, we are the avenues, we are the riverbeds through which you want to let this flow of revival begin. You know, the Scripture says that out of your belly and mine, out of our innermost being, out of that central part of us, our eternal spirit man as Christians, out of your belly, not coming down from heaven, but coming up from within every child of God, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, springing up into everlasting life. Praise God, we used to sing that song, There's a river of life flowing out from me. <laughs> there is a river of life flowing out from me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Praise God, it opens prison doors and sets the captive free. There is a river of life flowing out from me. Friend of mine, if all of these rivers begin to flow together with one great purpose, and that is to bring in this last day harvest, to demonstrate, not just define the gospel to the world about us, but to demonstrate the power of godliness, the power of God to call us to change us from the inside out 
and to give us a great victory over sin and self and Satan. Hallelujah. Mighty revival will come. The Holy Spirit will come. I made a statement recently that we are not trying to pray that God will bend the river to us and just bless us but that we will find the flow of God and begin to flow with it. Praise God. And when we begin to let Him have His way within us, the mighty revival will have begun and God will move by His Spirit through His church to touch this world today. Friend of mine, I am moved. I am stirred today. I want to tell you something right now. If you're not a Christian, I know what is occurring. I know exactly. If you stay tuned to the end of this broadcast and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Savior, I know what is occurring right now in your life, in your heart. God is calling you. God is drawing you today. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that the Holy Spirit is not going to use this opportunity to call you to Christ and to call you to salvation. And I pray in the closing moments of this broadcast that you will respond to His call. This is the great move of the Spirit to bring in the last day harvest before the coming of Jesus Christ. And if you're a Christian today, I know what is happening in your heart right now as well. God is calling you to do an honest evaluation of your own life and confess every sin of commission, every sin of omission, and become a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet for the Master's use. Let Him stir you today. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.